0: Okay, so Psalm ten, uh, uh, like I said, uh, is a is it's going to sound familiar, a very similar uh, um, setting as uh, Psalm nine, and uh, dealing dealing with a lot of the same things, dealing with you know the wicked, kind kind of feeling like the wicked are getting away with what they what they want, and um, they uh, you know the the Lord just ministering and and showing uh, that that. There, there is hope in Him, even though things seem like they're, they're bad or, or, or whatever. That, that, we can trust in Him. So, so Psalm ten uh, is where we're gonna, we're we're gonna pick up tonight. And uh, we did, we did get through Psalm nine, and, um, and then we'll pick up in uh, Psalm ten. And it starts off saying, you why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Uh, why uh, do you hide in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let him be caught in the plots uh, which he they have devised. So the first question, the first thing starts off with the question, first verse. It says, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Uh, understand that the Lord uh, never walks away from his children and uh, that, that he's, he's never afar off. Um, he may let us experience what it's like to be wandering away from him but that's on our account but the lord doesn't distance himself from us it's us distancing ourselves from him but this is this isn't that type of you know uh, of a hey i've sinned and uh, you know why do you he's just saying uh the the writer of this psalm is saying why do you stand afar off O lord and then the context comes afterward why do you hide in times of trouble you know, the Lord isn't hiding there. There's, there's nowhere for the Lord to go. The Lord loves to carry us through troubles. That's the, he he loves to, um, I know I've shared it before, Uh, you know, you, you'll hear some people you may have said it or anything, and I'm not trying to, to embarrass you or anything, but that, you know, God will never give you more than you can take. Yes, he will. Uh, he will because his strength is made perfect in our weakness You know, that's what he told Paul when Paul was reaching out to him like, Lord, will you take this away from me? And he's like, no, my my, and my grace is sufficient for you. You know, those things that, you know, as as we understand our need for him. Uh, that that the Lord shows himself strong and that we understand that we can trust him So like I said similar statements in this uh, and, and we'll go through it all But it, it, the, the statements are going to be similar to what we talked about last week, but the Lord uh, there are different things obviously um, But uh, the main thing is, you know, why is the wicked prospering? He's uh, you know attacking poor and innocent people you know what's going on so uh, there are times in our lives where God may seem as though He's afar off, you know. But we uh, need to learn and understand that we can't trust our feelings. Um, our feelings will deceive us. Our, you know that uh, someday we may just be in a bad mood. No, God's, a f- God's far away from me. No, you got two hours of sleep last night. You know, and uh, sometimes it's we're overtired and cranky. You know, you guys remember? I, I I know as kids, there are times where I'm just I didn't think I was being whiny and cranky, but I was. And my mom would be like, "You're tired. You're going to bed." You know, <laughs> you go to bed, right? And uh, sometimes it's just we're old. You know, we're old. We're tired and cranky. And you know, uh, you know, it seems the uh, what what he says here is, it seems like God's afar off, and um, you know, sees he. God does see the injustice, and he hears the cries. Exodus chapter uh, chapter, uh, 2, verses 23 through 25. Now, it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. So uh, I, we don't have the verses up there. Um, I usually don't on on a Sunday night. Uh, actually, she's super fast fingers back there. So uh, so you can read it yourself. But the, but the children, the key verses in here, um, the key lines in here. Then the children of God groaned because of their bondage, and they cried out, and they and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning. Understanding that no matter what's going on, I mean, these uh, these people were being whipped and they're working hard. And, uh, and as things are going, things get worse for them. You know, if you remember, if you look back to um, the children of Israel is uh, they, uh, the Pharaoh wanted to keep things hard for them. And as they started complaining, he said, oh, if you want to complain, we'll make things a little bit harder for you. Remember, starts taking resources away and doubling, you know, what they have to do with less resources. And, oh, you thought it was bad then, you know, we'll wait till wait till you see you know, tomorrow's quota or whatever. And they're getting beaten. They're getting whipped and uh, they're dealing with all those things. And their cries went out and they came up to the Lord, it says, and, and God heard their groaning. Um when uh, the Lord is uh, you know if God is for us who can be against us, when the Lord is on our side, we there's absolutely nothing we ever have to worry about. We will we'll let our circumstances grow to the fact to the point where we feel like he's afar off and that he's not with us. but that's just because our focus has has come off of him and it's it's now confused because of the situation we're dealing with. Exodus chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 says, now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out to Egypt. So she did it again. She's super fast. So uh, the, the key lines in here, now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I have also seen the oppression. You know, the first thing here, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Uh, let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. You know, the, the, the first question here, the, the question that's posed uh, here, the two, two questions actually in verse 1 are, why do you stand afar off and why do you hide? We understand here, uh, I'm sure Egypt thought the same thing. Like the Lord has completely forsaken us. We have nothing in him. And he, boom, he hears and he sees what's going on. And the Lord is uh, going to interact on their behalf. And we know he does, that he delivers them. And it's not because of their might and their strength or anything. It's because the Lord is with them and and, uh, he's the Lord of all creation. Verse 3. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desires. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. So uh, this is a very dangerous place to be. And if this person lives long, it's because of the grace and mercy of God. Um, Because we've seen uh, examples where, you know, uh, people wouldn't stop people from worshiping him. And they turn in, you know, they're eaten by worms from the inside out. Uh, there, there are some, uh, some very uh, dangerous situations. Anytime that, that, uh, that this heart is what's being said here, uh, the wicked boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord, blesses the greedy. So, you know, that, that boasting comes right alongside the wickedness, the bragging, the pride and what's going on. And he blesses the greedy, um, you know, because the greedy is just like him. The greedy, just like, uh, you ever, um, uh, most of the time when I try to think of examples, I think of things that when I was a kid, when I was learning, of like, what is, what is greed, you know? And, uh, and you find out, you know, the, the greed, I remember just being a kid training baseball cards, you know, and you got the one kid, uh, you know, Hey, I know you've got this $50, you know, cool, shiny rookie card. Let me give you these 10, you know, to 20 cards. You'll get all these cards and they have these, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you're trying to give me a bunch of junk for this. Right. That's greed. Right. And, and that's, that's just the example a silly example of when I was a kid, but I remember, I remember, you know, going through that and I'm like, you are, you're, you're trying to steal from me. You're trying to take advantage of me. That's well, not happening. You know, it's, it's th- that greed that, that I have to have and I'll even take from you, you know? So, so this wicked person is willing to, uh, uh, to, It says he blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. You know, who do I want to be friends with? The greedy, because they got the money and everything like that. And I'm just going to renounce the Lord. I'm going to have nothing to do with the Lord. And I'm going to go, you know, uh, make good friends with the greedy. So, you know, he's saying in his heart uh, that he doesn't need the Lord. And he's he's greedy for gain and doesn't understand that the temporary riches will pass, uh, just like uh, his glorying in, in himself. You know, he he can't avoid what's going to come later on in life or uh, what's going to suddenly come upon him. But while he's alive uh, and and living in this state, uh, the wicked boasts of of his evil heart's desire, of his heart's desire. Uh, And then it says that he's renouncing the Lord. So that that greediness for gain and, and not understanding that the temporary riches are going to pass. And that his 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 love for himself and his glorying in himself uh, will soon come to an end because he's boasting of himself. Um, another thing that that I learned as a kid, just going, I, I can't stand the kid that's always in the in the uh, in the playground bragging about how good they are. You know, and like ah, nobody, nobody wants to hang out. Nobody wants to play basketball with them because they think he, he thinks he's Michael Jordan all the time. You know, and he's bragging about the shot he makes. And you know, the, the, that that bragging, you know, this guy's uh, boasting in his uh, wicked heart's desire. Verse four: The wicked, in his proud countenance, does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. <clears throat> Diving a little bit more into understanding this person thinks he's got it all figured out doesn't seek god and uh god's in none of his thoughts it made me think of america today and the current state that we're in you know there was uh, you know what that just reminded me there was a uh, a car crash over in italy that uh italy's driving is was absolutely insane we're there they were like People dying all over the place. And in one week, we lost like – it was either five or seven Americans in one week. Um, and I think in that month, uh, maybe just in our region, there were like 30 people killed. Um, when they get on the, the autostrada, they call it, there. there is a, uh, a posted speed limit. Nobody obeys it. And I've literally been passed. By somebody, I was I was doing 85 in my wife's uh, Civic. We had that shipped over and drive. We were driving down to Venice, I think, to uh, to pick up some friends at the airport. And uh, I saw some lights behind me, and I'm like, okay, someone's behind me at some point. And then I see flashing, and I'm like, what is that? And they passed me. I'm doing 85. They passed me, and it rocked the car. I'm like, whoa, you know. So they're doing I don't know 120, 130 miles an hour, to, and it shook the car. And I was like, okay, well, speed up a little bit. We're gonna get killed, or you know, whatever. I just could not believe. I was doing 85, and of course, I was about uh, probably 20 years old at that point. wasn't all that familiar with driving uh, driving in a different country. So uh, that was an eye opener for me. But so we there was uh, whenever there were accidents, it wasn't fender benders. It was cars flipped over, and it was bad stuff. And uh, there was a car flipped over, and I think uh, I think Jen and I were coming back from Austria. We went there with some friends. Uh, for a weekend and uh, we saw that so we pulled over and nobody died or anything but you know there's blood and people are injured and stuff I'm like can I pray for you and they're like oh, oh no you don't need to pray for us no we're good everybody's alive and it was the that mindset that that the um what I experienced uh, there was uh church was was something mandatory and you know a relay because it's it's uh, um, highly catholic there mostly catholic there and it was hey go do your thing and then you know you go about the rest of your life and everything so there wasn't this drawing to god's word that we that we see here in america but it was that no you know why we don't we don't need prayer and stuff everybody's going to be fine like hey your friend's got a gash on their head and you know she's sitting there and she's miserable what would you know what would prayer hurt her and i'm okay you know so i get back in my car and we go our way but um that it just reminded me; uh, those two things came to mind. the The state of America, if you know, we have what we need. Everybody's, you know, everybody, you know, I, I'm not in dire straits. Everything, everything's going okay. Don't really need God. I've explained to you uh, for me uh, one example I had of uh, in in the time where things get really bad was I I, I first experienced in in. A group of people was uh, basic training because everybody's stressed out and homesick and everybody's crying and you know and they're try- you know growing up and uh, everybody's praying at night. Everybody's praying and when we get out of basic training, it's pirate mouth coming back and I'm going right back to you know while we're in the fire, it's draw near to God, but when it's things are okay, it's no, we don't really need God. And pushing God away, no, 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 and and uh, this mindset, you know, his proud countenance doesn't seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. And you know, uh, the I I heard a song. I was in a uh, in a store this week, and I heard you know some guitar playing and this kid, th- this guy singing, and he says he says uh, I, I was I was up uh, getting a sandwich actually. Now I remember exactly where it was. And, and there, in the song, it says, "I'll pray to a God that I don't believe in." You know, and I don't know any of the rest of the song, but he's just singing a song to a girlfriend or something. And I'll pray to a God that I don't believe in. And, uh, OK, well, you can what are you going to pray to a false God or do you need to know God? With, with, either, either way, you're not in, in good standing. But so just uh, when thinking of America or thinking of this type of a heart where, what well, you know, what I don't really need God. And this is a proud like, you know, we're good. We're good. We got this. You know, this country standing and saying, you know, oh, we'll band together. and You know, no one's going to take us down and everything. That's a bad place to be because, you know, there were you know, who, whoever said that an attack's going to come from the outside or, or the inside or whatever it is. If our strength isn't in the Lord and in our shield, he's not our shield. Any country is in bad shape. You know, for us in our pride to say, I, I remember hearing, um, somebody say uh you know oh well you know I, I would i would serve but uh but i'll only serve here in this country like where do you think they're going to come after they do what they need to do overseas where do you think that the everything's going to shift so you would and he, he was he was trying to be respectful of people that, that are currently serving overseas and everything but you no know, no when the fight comes here I'm, I'm ready to go now that's probably what you're gonna know, find uh we're in bigger trouble than we thought you can't turn our backs on the lord as a nation and as people you know this this proud countenance doesn't seek god and god is in none of his thoughts it says you now we can't serve god uh, and ourselves at the same time that I remember when Timothy McVeigh, uh, the Unab- uh, not the Unabomber, he was the uh, Oklahoma City bomber. Um, before he died, uh, I don't know if it was when he was in the death chamber or whatever, um, there was a statement made, and he said, I'm the master of my fate and the captain of my soul. It's a popular, uh, you know, I, I'm in control of my life uh, type uh, saying. I'm the master of my fate and the captain of my soul. You know, that's that's basically saying I'm all I need and I have... Uh, my whole life in my own eyes, uh, you know, in my own hands, everything's everything's fine. And, uh, you know, I, I've got control of it all, you know, uh, living with borrowed breath, you know, not understanding, not acknowledging the one that breathed breath into their, their lungs and gave them life. You know, that the Lord gave them life. Uh, just saying, you know, I'm all I need. You know, that, that, that whole mindset that I don't I don't need God. Uh, who is God? I don't need him. Um, and uh, so we see that this, this wicked man that's being described has that wicked heart. Verse 5. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above, out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, "I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity," because he's succeeding in his wicked and selfish plans. He thinks that all's all's well. You know, he's he's got everything planned out, mapped out, and uh, he he believes that everything's good and isn't aware um, that that which a man sows, he will also reap. And uh, just you know, where where. He he's prospering, things are well. He says, "Hey, I won't be moved, and you know I shall never be in adversity." You know, because uh, look where he's sowing. He's sowing to himself. We don't sow peas and get carrots. You know, we reap what we sow. You know, when something's planted, uh, you put pea seeds or whatever into the ground and. I'm not an arborist here, so <laughs> that's our farmer, help me out, but you don't put peas in to get carrots. That's just that's that's not what happens. You reap what you sow. Galatians six verses seven through ten. And uh, I can hear the fingers going. Galatians six verses seven through ten it says Do not be, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life now let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap what we do not uh, if we do not lose heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith so uh, there's there's the reaping of what do not be deceived God is not mocked You know, you're going to reap what you sow, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And it goes on to say here, he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. That's what's going to happen. So this man, the, the, the statement that's being, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. No, you're sowing to your flesh. You are going to experience corruption in your life. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And then it goes on to say, you know, as somebody who is sowing to the Spirit, these should be things, parts of your life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Job, Job 21, verses 13 and 15 job 21 13 through 15 says says uh, they spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to their grave speaking of the wicked this is uh, this is a conversation between uh, job and God and uh, it picks up here in verse 13 saying they spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave yet they say to God depart from us for we do not desire uh, the knowledge of your ways who is the almighty that we should serve him and what profit do we have if we pray to him? That wickedness and that selfishness of heart. It's the same that's in this man that's being described. Not knowing that what he reaps, uh, what he sows is, is what he reaps, and not understanding how much he needs God. Not understanding that the, the wealth, whatever he had, this is specifically speaking of wealth, in a moment they can go down to the grave. You be know, rich as possible. doesn't mean you're not going to get killed in a car crash. Uh, it doesn't mean you're not going to experience illness or, or whatever it is. You know, at some points, uh, there's, there's nothing that anybody... Remember, we, uh, we studied um, last Sunday. We were talking, I think it was last Sunday, we were, um, maybe it was two weeks ago, discussing the uh, nobleman that had, had endless resources, had a lot of connections, but when his son got sick, you know, he had done everything he could and it just wasn't enough. You know, it, just understanding uh, here when in Job where it says, you know, they spend their days in wealth, and in a moment they go down to the grave. Reminds me of the rich man in Lazarus. Just enjoying, enjoying himself, and then boom, gone. And then uh, ends up uh, in a place he didn't want to be. That heart in verse 14 that says, uh, they say uh, of, of still in Job 21, they say to God, depart from us for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Wow. Depart from us. We don't desire your ways. We don't, there there's nothing that you have that we want. Uh, who is the almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we have if we pray to him? Not seeing, uh, just, just being so earthly minded and so, um, Carnally minded, not understanding that we're spiritual beings, and rejecting the giver of life and saying, "You know, who are you? We got nothing to do with you. What are we going to profit if we pray to you?" You know, just just that that prideful statement that's being said there is 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 awful. This same person back in uh, back in Psalm ten, verse seven is being described further. It says, His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places in the villages. In the secret places he murders the innocent. His eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor when he draws him into his net. So he crouches, he lies low, that the helpless may fall by his strength. So in verse 7, he's, this man is described as having a mouthful of cursing, deceit, and oppression. Not understanding that God's judgment is coming. That's uh, th- What's that? Uh, what's that? The, the wicked man being described in... Uh, uh, we're we're back in Psalm ten. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry we're back in Psalm ten. Uh, so this wicked man that's being described uh, by the psalmist. So you know his mouth is full of of cursing, deceit, and oppression. Uh, you're only going to live that proud, and if you don't believe in God, or you don't believe that you're going to face judgment. So where his whole life is set on cursing, deceit, and oppression, and what it says here is preying on the innocent. And uh, his eyes are secretly fixed on the helpless in verse 8. He lies and waits secretly as a lion in his den. And he lies to catch the poor. To catch the poor. How would he catch the poor? What type of trap could he set? Money. Right? Yeah, he, he could, you know what? There's a trap. Hey, you don't want to be poor anymore? You know, why don't you do this? you know the. And I've said this before. The movies... The movies describe selling your soul as, you know, here comes Satan, he's the guy, and you know, um, you know, somebody sees him and they get the opportunity to sign with their own blood and they sign their name. I saw it in '80s movies when I was a kid. It's foolishness to sell our souls. All we have to do is just make the decision to follow after our own will uh, or follow after the will of our enemy. And uh, and and who sell out, right? Just sell out and just say, you know what, I, I'm going to give in to the temptation because that is what I need and not the Lord. So, how would he catch the poor? You know, uh, he catches the poor, it says uh, at the end of verse 9, uh, when he draws him into his net. And uh, so he crouches, he lies low, uh, that the helpless may fall by his strength. So, this man's living the natural way of, 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 of sin. God, God's children are called to live the exact opposite of this man where it says that, that he is, uh, in verse seven, his mouth is full of cursing, deceit, and oppression. God's children are called to be blessings that instead of, of cursing, we should be blessing with our mouths, uh, that we would uh, in our lives, uh, show integrity and honesty that that would come fr- that that would be the fruit of our lives that that we would be blessing and instead of deceiving people we were are uh, men and women of integrity and honesty that integrity i had to learn what that was in basic training i really okay what's integrity i didn't i was never paid attention in school you guys know this i've shared that several times but when i get down there i'm like if i want to graduate from basic basic training first uh, air uh, air force core values integrity first i'm like oh, okay <laughs> i got to learn this and our, our training instructor just said, it's doing the right thing even though no one's looking. So that, that Christians would be known as people that are blessing with our mouths, that are, are uh, people of integrity and honesty. You know, I, I realized somebody, somebody told me, and I've, I've read it and I've, I've heard this, uh, that on Sunday mornings when they work in the food business, is usually the worst day for them. Because the church people get out of church and they are not nice to them. I was like, that is such an indictment on the church. Oh yeah, you look all great. You know, what's going on in that heart in there? (laughs) Remember, remember Jesus called the religious leaders whitewashed tombs? (laughs) Yeah, they look great on the outside. On the inside, they're rotten. You know? And I I heard that from I've heard it from several people. Sunday mornings, they don't want to work Sunday mornings. Yes, they can make lots of money, they don't want to deal. With the people that get out of church and are rude to them, I'm like, oh, it's awful, awful. We should be known as people blessing with our mouths, integrity and honesty. In the last part, it says this man was a man of oppression. The opposite would be someone that would consider others more important than ourselves. That we would serve others and not oppress them and not use them. You know, we're we're called to be different people as Christians. You know, this man is all about himself, and he will devour anybody he can. And he's just like his master, the devil. You know, the devil's described in the scripture as roaring. You know, he's seeking whom he may devour. And this man has the same mindset. Who can I take advantage of to get what I want? I just, I, I don't care if I'm going to devastate whoever. You know, there's uh, that song, um, House of the Rising Sun, you know, uh, and uh, it's being written by uh, this kid that watched his dad get drawn in by the deceitfulness of riches. And, uh, he'd go to the casino or he'd go to the poker table and try to win money. And it ended up stealing everything that they had, you know, somebody who's well off might target people like that. You know what? Oh, you know what? I could get their house. I know I could get these things. And you know what? You're a man. You made the bet. You're going to lose it all. You know, that, that deceitfulness of riches that if I just get this, then I can, then I can, then I can, you know, and I just never have enough and uh you know so uh, that that murderous that that targeting the one that's weak or helpless uh or poor uh just it's a wicked wicked mindset the destruction is going to be sudden and tragic for this type of person this wicked person that's being described here in psalm 10 just like absalom and we talked about him i think even last week you know his his destruction was fast you know he was he was wreaking havoc, trying to take over his dad's kingdom and uh reaping what you sow you know he was all worried about his long flowing hair, yeah <laughs> right and what does he do? He gets caught by it, hanging from a tree, spear right through him, done. that's it. you know it was a sudden sudden stop for him. It's how destruction of the wicked works. Those that are are uh, of the mindset that their mouth is full of cursing, deceit, and oppression. Those that are uh, taking advantage of other people. Oftentimes, we'll see their destruction being sudden and tragic. It might not be death, but they might lose everything they have. Um, and God's mercy He's still sparing them and giving them their breath still. Let's move on to verse 11. Psalm 10, verse 11. He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. Psalm uh, 28 verses 4 and 5 are verse we're going to look at. So uh, again, in 11, it says, He has said in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. Psalm 28 verses 4 and 5 says, Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve, because they do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. This is what's being described here is this man in verse 11 uh, is saying, God has forgotten, he hides his face. And then you read something like Psalm 24 verses 4 and 5 and understand that's not the case. God does see and he will destroy and it's going to be utter destruction. That uh, re- Remember the, the destruction we've talked about 70 AD uh, in Jerusalem. When Rome finally had enough and they came in and just wiped Israel uh, Jerusalem right out, there wasn't a stone standing upon another. It was utter, complete and utter destruction. Totally that type of destruction. Uh, when the Lord destroys, it says, and not build them up. Uh, there, there's no re- rebuilding happening after God steps in with his wrath. You know, this, this man has, has said in his wicked heart, you know, that, you know, God doesn't see, God does you know, whatever. I don't know. Who is God? Okay, pray to your God. How about you pray to your God and I'm going to trust in my money and we'll see whose life goes better, right? I, I've actually read that or I've, I've seen, you know, people say that uh, and it, it's, it's, it's awful, you know, they, okay, well, why don't you go pray to your imaginary God, and you do, your th- okay, I'm going to, <laughs> and he's not imaginary, uh, because I can't see him, God is spirit, uh, I'm going to trust the one that gave me life, uh, and uh, and you can go on doing your thing and, uh, and reject him. I hope you don't, and that you come to him, but if you don't, just know that you were warned. Verse 12, Psalm 10, verse 12 says, Arise, O Lord. Oh God, lift up your hand! Do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, "You will require, an, uh, you will not require an account." You know the hand of the Lord being raised, where it says in, in verse twelve, "Arise, O Lord! O God, lift up your hand!" The hand of the Lord being raised up is a terrifying thing. That's ter- When when God's hand is being lifted, uh, when He is is ready to pronounce judgment, that is terrifying. You know, look what happened in the flood. you know when the when God said he had had enough and he's not going to strive with man any longer. Excuse me, look what happened. You know, consider what happened to Egypt, you know, uh, just just they lost all the firstborn. and then the mount the the army of Egypt pursuing Israel, what happens? He opens the Red Sea up so Israel can walk through on a dry ground. They try to go in with their chariots water you know when the lord when the lord wants to do something you know arise O lord you know, oh god lift up your hand whoo yeah that's a that's a terrifying thing to think of i don't ever want to be on the other side of that verse 13 says why do you why uh do the wicked renounce god he has said in his heart you will not require an account that man is greatly mistaken that God will not require an account. This morning we discussed the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. You know that 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 the the dead will be raised and and brought before the Lord and judged based on the deeds. And if your name isn't in the book of life, off to the look of, uh, the look the lake of fire. That is horrifying. You know, for for this one to say you will not require an account, he will. He will. The, this this sinful man, this wicked man that's being described in Psalm 10. Uh, that heart, you know, was it a specific person? Was it a group of people? Was it? We don't know. But that heart, that that wicked heart, that would that would is is out to devour lives and devour people and only serve themselves and to reject God and renounce God and everything. That is a that is a very very bad place to be. You know, oh hey, it seems to be working out good for me. Hey, I got plenty of money. I got no problems in my life. Yeah, I'm just going to continue doing what I want to do because it's working. You know, if your God is so upset by it, why am I still doing well? <laughs> it's called grace and mercy. <laughs> you need to call out for it. Verse fourteen, Psalm ten, verse uh, fourteen says, "But you have, see, but you have seen, for you observe trouble and grief to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless." So important for the helpless and and the one who trusts in Him to remember that we're in His hand. Um, I uh, it's funny because we're talking about Matt Harvey and I remember him singing a song here and I, I don't I think it's an older song but I remember singing it and I, the only part I remember was the chorus as I don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future and I know I rest securely in the palm of His hand. The craziness that's happening around and that the oppressed and the poor, that those that are being attacked by, by the wicked uh, that they just the understanding, but you have seen for you observe trouble and grief to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. You know, when, when we can look in James and James is describing pure and undefiled religion is caring for orphans and widows in their trouble. There's a special place in, in the Lord's heart for the poor and the father, the, the widow and the, and the fatherless. There's a special place there, and we we talked about the 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 system that the Lord set up that welfare system for those those people. Hey, when you're gleaning, you know you drop stuff, you can't pick it up, and you can't glean right here. They you need to provide for them. The fatherless. Think of this nation. How many kids are growing without dads? Or growing up without dads. It's heartbreaking. I heard a. I was listening to a pastor. Uh, actually, yeah, I was talking with a um, uh, Paul Stege, uh who uh, who I had met. And he's the guy that I told you that the Lord had just put on his heart. Just buy Bibles and give them away. And I mean, he's he's doing like crazy amount of Bibles. They're talking, you know, at some points fifty thousand dollars a month just buying Bibles, putting stickers in them and giving them away. And the Lord's providing. Paul Stege, He just share. He's just like, I don't know, I'm just gonna start giving Bibles away. And when the Lord stops, the, the money starts coming in, I guess the Lord's done. You know, that's that's his ministry. But he told me he got to go visit Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, and he said there's a man there that starts discipling young boys at the age of seven that have no fathers in Philadelphia and what he does is he starts ministering to them and showing them the love of a father and building them up and these kids are now getting old enough that they're ministering and they're you know so just changing area because there's there's so much hopelessness in in where he's at and he's just saying you know what god has put it on my heart to love on these kids I'm going to love on him. I'm going to be a father figure to him. And he is, and he pours his heart and he pours his life into them. And he's telling them about the Lord. and He's training them in the ways of the Lord. And then now they're arrows that can be shot out to do good. You know, when, when, when the scriptures say that, you know, uh, that having children is like having a quiver full of them, you know, that they would go out like arrows that send out, send out to do the work of the Lord. You know, uh, you know, I have three daughters and, and they know uh, you could ask Natalie right now. I've told them um, that uh, it, it, I don't care what you do in life. As long as you're seeking the Lord, I don't care what job you do, anything. You follow the Lord and whatever he leads you to do. If you're doing that, that's all I want for, for my kids is for them to seek the Lord. Seek him, serve him, follow him, everything else, whatever. You're going to be a stay at home mom. Great. You're going to be a doctor. Awesome. You're going to be, you know, you want to go uh, work at a bakery? Go work at a bakery. Don't care. Follow the Lord and uh, he'll lead you. Uh, but that's all, that's all I've ever told them. Just that, that I just want them to, to seek the Lord and to follow him. Verse 15. Break the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. There's no escape from God. <laughs> there's no running. You know, we could read in the scripture of everybody trying to run into caves and asking for rocks and everything to fall in, you know, cave in upon them. And, you know, the Lord renders to each one according to their deeds. You know, there, there's no running. There's no hiding. Verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations have perished out of his hand, out of his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. Psalm thirty-seven verses thirty-seven through forty. When I when I read this, uh, this is what um, this is. It just seemed perfect uh, for this. So, Psalm thirty-seven verses thirty-seven through forty said. Mark the blameless man, and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the future of the wicked shall be, shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. When we see everything where there's this oppression, this, this cursing, there's the the, the um uh, the the hatred that is just shown and, and the pride and, and all those all those things that were mentioned, the cursing, deceit, oppression, just seeking the Lord, understanding. I, I love that, where back in sixteen it says the Lord is the king uh, forever and ever, the nations have perished out of his hands. Lord you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. And then what it says here, for uh, for the future of that man is peace, the, the one that's blameless and that's uh, walking upright with the Lord. That future is peace. The future of that person is peace. The future of the person that's listed here and described here in Psalm 10 Look at there, if we, you know, looking at Psalm 37, verse 38 says, But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. And then we can glory in what's in 37 and 40, glory in the Lord. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Remember, this, this all started with that question. God, where are you? Do you even care of what's going on? That type of thing. Yes, he does. You know. And what is their end versus the, the end of those that are seeking the Lord? We seek the Lord. We're going to have peace. Rejecting the Lord only ends in sudden destruction. Those are the, the, the two options. It's sad, but that's, that's the truth of it. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed by your word and we're blessed to know that as we seek you we can look forward to peace God we pray for those that we uh, uh maybe work for or we know or whatever that that would fall into this category of, of somebody that that uh is uh that curses is full of deceit and oppression and just only cares of themselves God that they would hear the message to repent and uh, if you choose to use us, that we would be um, faithful to serve you and to, and to share that message. We don't know, Lord, but we do know from what we see here that if we just trust in you, you are our peace. We thank you, we love you, and praise you, and ask you uh, to bless us now as we, uh, we talk and uh, we, we maybe discuss prayer requests, whatever it is, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.